0: You're listening to Voice of World. Hey guys, this is Antarik. Hey guys, this is Manya. Welcome to today's podcast. So today we will be talking about waste management, sustainable infrastructure that can help us build a better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. With us, we have Prajna Kaveri, who is a program director at Anadi Krest, Center for Research in Ecology and Sustainable Technology. She's also an electrical engineer by education. Welcome, Prajna. So, to begin with, let's start with the basics. Tell us and our listeners about what you do.
1: Uh, Hi, everyone. Very happy to be joining this podcast. Uh, I basically am currently in uh, Palani and uh, I take care of the sustainability initiatives here at uh, Anadi Crest, as and Samwanya mentioned. So, uh, I've been here for the past four years and um, uh, at the center here, in tune with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, uh, we weave uh, you know local best practices as well as uh, you know thought processes from the global frameworks on sustainability and uh, work along different dimensions of sustainability such as um, a little bit of farming. Then um, we've experimented with eco architecture. We work on waste management, uh, low impact lifestyles, responsible consumption, uh, and so on. So at the center here, we're constantly experimenting with different. Um, technologies and uh, processes and we we, uh, we design a lot of educational programs for school students, college students, as well as uh, working professionals, uh, you know, to uh, give them a better understanding of sustainability along uh, its uh, multifarious dimensions.
0: So Prajna, since you're actively working towards all the pillars that, you know, so relate to sustainability, how are you working towards waste management?
1: All right. So, um, our main focus here is, uh, you know, we could say uh, responsible consumption. Uh, So, we work a lot on, uh, you know, uh, lifestyles that can reduce the impact uh, of, uh, you know, uh, our life on the planet. Uh, for example, this is uh, the center is located in a, a rural area, but we also work a lot uh, with urban youth as well. So, in the rural area here, we see, uh, you know, we have a center here and uh, for us there is, uh, it's very direct, like, you know, we know where the water is coming from. There, It comes from the tap, but we know that the tap is connected to uh, the, the, the well right here. And we, as we, the more we use, we can literally see the water going down. And similarly, if we were to use, uh, we ready, we keep the chemicals here very very minimal. So even for bathing, we use uh, you know naturally made powders, you know with simple kitchen ingredients and so on. So here, uh, if we, we because the water whatever we use directly goes to our fields and it waters the plants, uh, you know the bathing water. So the impact of you know the lifestyle that we follow here is directly visible. Uh, whereas in an urban area, you know water comes from the tap and we don't know where the tap gets the water from and it goes into the drain so we are not a part of the whole process which makes it difficult to map and similar is the case with waste here if we were to use a lot of plastic or if we buy a lot of things from outside in plastic packaging uh, we have nowhere to throw it we have to go to the village and put it in the dump and it's very hard for us to see because every day when we drive we keep seeing it and it doesn't go anywhere there's no escape but in an urban area you can escape you know you put it outside and then the waste uh, the municipality whoever picks it up and goes Uh, But it ends up in the landfill, uh, finally. So, our main focus is to reduce um, waste or chemicals uh, from being generated in the first place through uh, a sort of conscious lifestyle. Uh, I think uh, one is on awareness and one is on responsible consumption and reduction of waste uh, generation. Uh, I think this is, uh, I'd say, where we mainly work on. Uh, and also composting and uh, you know after the waste is generated how do we manage it uh, responsibly even that is a dimension of That's great
0: now um, since you're so consciously and closely working with the subject of waste management I would like to know and of course our listeners would also like to know what measures can a person can take like on a personal level to avoid the problem of waste and plastic accumulation since landfills are such a big issue here in northern
1: areas so I think the thing we could do is, uh, um, you know, take small steps but concrete steps and just be sincere to the process. So, you know, it's very simple. Like if we just, uh, you know, write, take a piece of paper or an Excel sheet and just note down, you know, first is to not like decide that a hundred percent, you know, chemicals and plastics go your life. So that might be very uh, not practical and you might give up halfway. So one thing is maybe just uh, make a list of like from morning to evening. Uh, what are the different problems? Uh, Products that you use that come in packaging and that have chemicals in them. Right from the time we wake up, you know, the toothpaste has chemicals, it comes in plastic, a shampoo, soap, uh, your deodorant, uh, you know, whatnot, anything like even food, a lot of, you know, processed food we have throughout the day. So make a list of everything, you know, don't immediately try to change it, replace it, stop using it, but just try to make a list so that you actually become conscious of what exactly, you know, how much uh, plastic and um, chemicals go into. To our uh, body, uh, on our body, in our food, and so on. And then maybe, uh, you know, in the side uh, column, make a list of, uh, you know, what are the altern- are there alternatives to these and what are those alternatives or you know can you do away with some of these uh, is it absolutely necessary like even simple things like tooth powder uh, could be an option it doesn't have fluoride and fluoride is not really good for health and non- neither it is uh, good for the water so like that uh, also understanding the chemicals in each of these products not a detailed research but a simple uh, research into that and then looking at you know some um, alternatives uh, that you can easily uh, you know get uh, and then uh, um, uh, you know in the third column make uh, a list of like by what date you would like to actually replace it.
0: Wow, that was so enlightening and so much that I was not personally aware of. Now, uh, now I want to talk about India specifically, our country. Um, what do you think that Is it that the cost of sustainable infrastructure is more as compared to conventional method and will you consider this as a setback for our country?
1: I think I'd say yes. Uh, sustainable infrastructure today is more expensive than uh, conventional infrastructure, and uh, this is the case with any other domain as well. Even if we take fast fashion, unsustainable fast fashion, is cheaper than uh, ethical or sustainable fashion. Uh, I now here one important, uh, you know, point to consider is a uh, cheap things or something that is cheaper comes at a cost, and who's paying the price? Uh, the actual price. It's either the planet that's paying the actual. Price or its people. Uh, We know very well, we understand this very well in the case of fashion, like you know, people's, um, uh, you know, the working conditions and so on. So, in case of conventional um, infrastructure, in in a project that we've worked on, we were building a mud house and in that, uh, the cost of materials, for example, was much cheaper than conventional. So, mud was locally available, um, you know, whereas cement, if we were to use, we had to pay and buy from outside environmental impact is higher and so on and so on but um, all the materials we used were locally available mud for example was almost no cost because it was taken from the same land but other things like bamboo and coconut um, leaves and all of that we purchased locally which was quite uh, relatively cheaper compared to other roofing materials Uh, and you know for example steel and so on but the cost of labor and the uh, you know the effort and time that it took to build was much higher than how much a conventional building would cost so in terms of labor it was going to, to be more expensive for us uh, uh, and that is also because when we see a cement building we want to build there is already an existing workforce people come build it they're already trained the know-how is there um, it's easier to find people to do it but when we want to build a sustainable infrastructure first challenge is to find a local you know find a local mason uh, who is uh, who has the know-how of you know doing that sustainable infrastructure project and even in urban areas a lot of people who want to um, you know build uh, sustainable uh, projects, uh, it they find it hard to, you know, find the people who have the know-how uh, or, you know, their particular style or there are not so many options as, uh, you know, uh, the case of conventional infrastructure. So, I think that is a setback. The cost as such, I don't currently look at it as a setback because I think eventually when more and more people start adopting, you know, bigger firms, you know, if they're planning to build something looking at sustainable infrastructure options, and also who knows after COVID, you know, the whole infrastructure a thing might be uh you know just shifting a little uh because you know workspaces can be re-envisioned and so on so that is also it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to span out but um uh, in urban areas also there is this challenge of finding the people to uh you know but as more and more people move and opt for sustainable infrastructure i think that will anyway cost will also eventually come down Uh, and and another challenge is if if you look at emerging eco materials in the case of sustainable infrastructure let's say like um, you know agro uh, bricks or like you know something like compressed uh, plastic uh, recycled plastic based uh, building materials or something Uh, right now it's new in the market and even plastic if we see it's very easy it costs almost nothing to produce new plastic virgin plastic is cheaper than you know creating a logistics or a chain to make the existing plastic get recycled. Alright, moving
0: on to our last question for today, I would like to ask you what do you think are more eco-friendly substitutes that can help in sustainable infrastructure? Like of course we talked about, as Anshik mentioned, um, we talked about plastic used in bricks and PPE kits and masks used in cement. other than that what substitutes or alternatives are good according to you that can be used out of solid waste um, that can be used in sustainable infrastructure
1: i think if we were to follow the materials innovation space there are a lot of exciting new developments happening there Uh, i think for a country like india we have a lot of agricultural uh, Wastes that are left, you know, after the crop is harvested, uh, we have a lot of like high fiber, you know, the residual part of the plant which is not really used and which is also burnt. So I think uh, based on that, there are a lot of emerging sustainable infrastructure materials like bio bricks, and uh, you know, compressed. Um, you know, these agricultural wastes are compressed, they're heated, and then they're also mixed with other, um, which, which may not be so sustainable, but they're also mixed with other chemicals, and you know, building blocks are made. Uh, Now with the case of uh, when we say substitutes in the case of cement uh, in the construction industry even if you are able to replace let's say 30 percentage of cement or some unsustainable material you are able to introduce uh, you know agricultural waste or even with cow manure there are some you know or cow dung there are some uh, emerging uh, materials used for construction because of the high amount of fiber uh, and binding properties that it has. So I think in uh, terms of non-plastic Biodegradable or bio-based alternatives, agri and uh, agri-based and animal manure is uh, something where some exciting developments have been happening. But otherwise, of course, in the space of plastics itself, um, things that have already been introduced into the ecosystem, like like you mentioned, PPE kits, plastics, all of them being reheated, remolded, and then uh, casted into uh, materials is also one. And not just um, building materials in terms of for uh, bricks, but even in terms of interior. Um, decor and like um, medium density boards not just high density boards but medium density boards furniture alternatives that can replace wood uh, even in this space a lot of uh, these recycled plastics and other materials are being uh, looked at as to how it can be reintroduced into the lo- Another point about uh, sustainable infrastructure is that one is looking at the materials that are used as such, and other is also, other than the material, looking at how the space is designed. Uh, You know, for example, uh, designing the space in such a way uh, that, uh, you know, there is maximum utilization of natural light during the day so that the lights uh, in the day, artificial lights, need not be switched on. And designing uh, the building in a climate responsive way so that, you know, for example, in Ladakh and uh, in hilly regions that are very cold. Uh, the buildings are designed in such a way that maximum ut- when the sun rises um, the maximum utilization of the sun rise is used to heat up the building so that artificial Uh, heating is uh, you know for example can be uh, almost done away with so like that there are some climate responsive buildings there are uh, buildings uh, designs that take into consideration uh, you know the good ventilation so that uh, cooling can be uh, reduced so i think in that way uh, in across india if you look at uh, right from Mahal and rajasthan to uh, buildings in uh, himachal or Ladakh, there are so many things uh, that uh, you know strike you about how sustainable their design is other than the material
0: all right Wow, these are some things I was genuinely not aware of and this is so such an eye-opener for people like me, the youth of India and I think we are the people who can bring the change and it is so great to hear someone like you, Prajna, who's already doing so much for a better tomorrow. You inspire us with all that you do. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. It was an honour. We wish you all the best for your future endeavors. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Manya and Antariksh. It was wonderful having this uh, chat with both of you. Um, I hope everyone who listened also got some ideas about, uh, you know, uh, maybe doing something at a personal level uh, and also um, some ideas about uh, uh, what's happening in the sustainable infrastructure space. And it's always uh, exciting to keep up to date with latest developments in this area. So uh, wishing everyone all the best. Thank you.